I just had such a depressing realization. What? So I realized that my standard for good sex is so low that I was just about to say, I totally disagree with you. I think we've had great sex the past few weeks. That's, I'm actually so glad. And I, but I, I do, I do love our sex life, but I'm realizing that it's not that I think our sex life is perfect because I could say it a thousand ways. We've talked about it. Like there are so many things that we need to get better at, but my standard is so low because I don't, this is like so, so much about. This is a crazy backhanded <laughs> compliment. <laughs> no, but I, I hope this is a, not a personal thing. This is like the example of like the uh-huh. everything shaping it. My basic standard for sex is like, I had a good enough time. <laughs> I didn't hate it. And bonus if I orgasm. Like, that was great. And I do usually orgasm with you. So, but but I'm just saying, like, my standard is like, that was fine. I did that. And it's like, oh, cool. Like, now we're both in good moods. It's like, I made him happy. I didn't have a decline of happiness. Mm-hmm. And that is so female. That's so fucking female to be like, we've had great sex this week, meaning we've had sex this week. I think I love you. I think I love, I think I do. Hey, honey, can you not do that ever again? I think I love you. I think at least I think I do. No, I I love you. No, I have never once done that. I think I love you. I think I love you. I think at least I think I do. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I think I love you. Sorry. Check, check. Hi. All right, let's just start recording with this goddamn <laughs> sump pump. How are you? Furious. It's two weeks to our one-year anniversary. You know what's funny is that I feel... Oh, we said it was a month in a recent episode. Which was true. That was two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. I, I just... For some reason, since we've been marking the time, I thought that we've been like, one week until our anniversary for like six weeks running. <laughs> I was like, am I crazy? Are you going to hold it like that that whole time? It's going to really distract me. Just double fisting a microphone. right? Actually, not even double fisting. I feel like the sump pump is me breathing into your ear during a movie. Just <laughs> It's way worse what you do. <sighs> okay, um, it's Tuesday, uh, September 29th. We're in my parents' basement. Yep. Because we're getting our floors refinished, which is so exciting. And the goddamn sump pump. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, trying out the mouthfeel of that for a second time just because catchphrases. You know Is that I mean? all you have to say? Yeah, I just, I don't know. You, you try to see if things feel sticky, see if things feel salient. How is your week going? <laughs> it's going very well, thank you. Highs and lows of last week? Yeah. What was my low? Did we fight at all? Did we fight about anything? No. I think we had like three big fights in a row. I, I think our last fight, which we recorded. Girl, you better get that mic closer to your mouth. How does that amount of micromanaging make you feel to start this conversation? Oh, furious. <laughs> Just furious. Um, the last fight we had was, actually, we haven't recorded, I'll cut this, but it's going to be the one that comes right before this. We're releasing it this Sunday, and it ends with you being like, I'm a dick, because I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> For It's about you getting mad at me the night that I spilled water on the couch. Oh, That was yeah. the last fight, we, fight, last fight we had. So we haven't, no, we haven't fought that much this week. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, do I have a low? Honestly, I guess my low um, would be just how fucking tired and fed up I was with moving last night uh, mm. because we had to move out of our house, even though we never really moved into <laughs> it. 
We basically had to take the we, few pieces no, of furniture we, out of the crack house that we had no, created. So we we were able to get into our house at the beginning of September, and our floors are really shitty, and so we wanted to get them refinished. And the guy was like, I can do it f- beginning of October. And we were like, cool. Most people would say, all right, let's wait a month to move in. We moved in fully almost i don't think most people would have said let's wait most people would have been like let's get out of your childhood bedroom these cats need space let's get over there and we did the bare minimum we put a we put a couch in and we did some home improvement stuff and that was it we're good but yeah last night like getting making my hundredth trip to the basement while just sweating and limping for some reason i don't know just like had a hip thing (laughs) it's like god yeah i felt old in like all the ways that suck yeah. I don't know. We weren't like playing music and laughing. No, it wasn't fun. No. There was no like <laughs> accidentally bump each other in the kitchen and sneak in a kiss. It was like, <laughs> get all this shit into the basement now. <laughs> so that was probably my low. It was probably my low. Um, my high, I don't even really want to believe it. Oh my God. Wow. Is my life that boring to you? <laughs> Is it because you were in the passenger seat or the driver's seat, frankly, while this all was happening? So all this is just like old hat for you? Or is it is it the way that I talk? It's honestly, it's that tone you sometimes get. <laughs> it's the good There's a tone that Riley gets sometimes when he's explaining something or when he's telling like a particularly long story. It's slightly glassy-eyed. It's, it's, it's just a tone that... It's like how ASMR turns you off without you realizing it. That is my ASMR. Uh-huh. You start talking like that, and I just click right off. Oh, my real low, actually, um, was us hooking up my YouTube to our sweet new TV. <laughs> Excuse me. I didn't talk through a burp. I'm not that old. <laughs> we hooked up YouTube to our awesome new TV which just shouldn't be as thin as it is. It's like, that's a whole conversation. It's so treacherous. It's like horrifying. Every, every time I breathe near it, I'm like, oh. Yeah. We hooked up YouTube to watch this like 4K video about Norway, which also sucks. <laughs> Embarrassing to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And um, yeah, anyway, I, I love ASMR. I watch a lot of autosensory meridian response content. Uh, some people it's get it. Some porn. people don't. It would be less weird if you were watching videos of girls making out. I don't. I don't know, man. I, I hope, think ASMR the the shit that you watch. I would hope that we had um, a more serious conversation than we did if my YouTube was full of like big titty <laughs> ladies just true, making true, out. True, 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 true. Anyway, yeah. So most of ASMR is just like small sounds. It's like people flipping papers, people polishing shoes. And yeah, maybe sometimes it's people eating food and that is what it is. And anyway, um, instead of just saying, ah, that's weird or like even better, just like, wow, what a, what a strange thing that, uh, doesn't resonate with me, but resonates with my partner who I love. (laughs) I just got fucking comedy central roasted. First by, first by you by yourself. What's the name of the guy that we were watching? Oh, what is his name? Because that's worth a plug. We'll put that in the episode notes. Yeah. Because it's not... I've seen ASMR before. This is not like any he's ASMR also, I've that seen guy's also such like a nice guy. He's, he's like a, a really he's like nice a, guy. He's like yeah. an elderly guy. Also, I, I've i been watching his channel since before his mom died. <laughs> <laughs> and so when that happened... I feel like I've been through some stuff. With this like kind of elderly uh, man who lives in suburban Massachusetts who just talks about his day and I fall asleep immediately because I'm just like <laughs> whatever this is just noise and it just shuts my brain off anyway yeah so just get, I, I think that's probably my low is just getting absolutely flambéed 
for like a like a completely innocuous part of who I am. Yeah. So it's pretty lame. Why don't you go ahead? Because I could I could I can feel the sigh welling up inside of you. What? No. Um. My low for the week was probably moving too. That sucked. My high at some point this week I can't remember when you spilled wine on the couch. Mm. And it was a deep deep moment of gratification for me. Nothing like retribution as a high. It wasn't retribution. And I thought about it first and I thought, is that petty? And it's not because I wasn't happy that you spilled. I was happy that we could have a moment of growth for something that we've been fighting about. Yeah. And it was a really nice feeling because we both immediately knew what happened, which is that you had spilled, not me. It was wine, not water. And it was fine. And the couches were fine. It was not a big deal. And you took care of it immediately. But it was a big high for me because it was like, we're both human like okay this it in some ways it kind of feels like evening the playing where it's like okay if if i can be really careful and if riley can spill a little bit more then we're gonna get back to even and then we're gonna i think hopefully like move through some of that baggage like it truly felt like a moment of like okay we feel a little bit more um balanced as opposed to the ongoing thing being of me spilling all the time yeah and it was fun for me to be the one who could just say, it's fine. Let's just clean it. Mm-hmm. Because I always, I'm always the one who's fucking up and then therefore feeling defensive. And it was nice to feel like I was in a position to comfort you as opposed to vice versa and being like, fuck. So it was an honest high for me. Good. Yeah. Nice. I agree with that. Sorry, my brain just completely shut off because I just realized that the fucking podcast uh, recordings are on my dead laptop. And so we don't have this week's recording. We're not going to have this week's recording. Oh... Okay. Well, then it's going to be this one. Yeah? And just go live with it? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. We're not going to skip. Yeah, I guess let's just go live with it. Damn, that sucks. That really sucks. That was a big fight we had. I mean, I guess it's kind of only... We're only losing one week, right? That was a good week. To be honest, I'm kind of happy to lose it because it was two in a row of me (laughs) being hypercritical. (laughs) Okay. Wow, so we're going to be kind of a real-time show now. Yeah. I like it. I, I think I prefer it at this point. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Yeah, I agree with your high. It, honestly, I think it was a good moment. And the irony is I'm now thinking, I listened to our last week's conversation a lot. I keep burping. Um, you just got to talk through them. You can't let those hold you up. <laughs> I listened to last, last week's conversation multiple times. First, because I was interested in the conversation. And second, because we got a lot of positive feedback from it. And that always makes me listen again, because when I'm more aware that people are listening to it i feel this weirdness where i want to be i want to really know what Mm -hmm. people are listening to yeah anyways the part where i said that before we had our big fight and you slept in another room i thought that we were gonna laugh and we were gonna have a nice moment of connection of like oh you know what it feels like now to be like super uncomfortable during sex yeah or and like oh haha we can share that that's kind of the thing that i'm talking about with the cleaning it's not like oh haha fuck you it's like Amazing! You're experiencing something that you usually don't experience because you are more clean than I am. And I always experience that. So we can have a nice moment of shared connection. And you, for your part, were totally willing to do that and be like, yep, I know. After I yelled at you, I'm the one who spilled. Well, because the context now we have to add because it's not that conversation is going to be there is that Riley and I had a massive fucking fight about me spilling water on the couch two weeks ago. That was like a blowout that was bigger than the sex fight. Um, and it ended up being like bigger conversations about, you know, my consistent sloppiness and the way that he deals with anger and all of these things. And it was a really big fight. Um, you know, we actually never really, Oh my God, this fucking mic. Hang on. 
Wow, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a hold the mic guy for this episode because <laughs> I can't get this to fucking hook up. Okay. I can't wait until we live in one place for a long time and uh, we can have a little podcast station. Can have a little podcast yeah. station, yeah. And then when our friends come over, and we're like, it's taking a little time for that thing we do, and they're like, oh, what? They're like, trust us, we've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trust us, we've tried to not talk to you about it, but now that we find ourselves trapped in your home. Looking at the equipment that you use to slather your gross <laughs> Refusing thoughts. Refusing the t-shirts that you're trying to give us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I um, I actually, I think all of that is worth discussing, dis- discussing, discussing again, because you and I keep coming back to the reality that th- there aren't just stereotypical categories of sex and money and like things that we can check off week to week. You and I are finding our categories over time and our relationship with sex is a big one. And I think what we're uncovering is this thing about personalities and how you and I yin and yang and do creative projects is another one. Like, I bet if we went back and listened to some of our original conversations earlier in the year, we would be surprised to hear how much there is about creativity and about getting just getting shit done together. And then the third one, I think, is my anger and like whatever your whatever version of that is, you know, what? Not saying not saying that you have a ne- like necessarily have to have a problem on the other side of that too, but like whatever the higher order category of anger is, yeah, emotions, uh, yeah. like personality type, whatever it is. So I don't know. I mean, because I think that in the conversation where you and I broke down that fight, the conversation that no one's going to hear. Yeah, I think we should give a summary of it because um, otherwise this is kind of confusing. Oh sure. Um, I mean, honestly, it was a. It was a terrible fight. It was a really shitty fight. Yeah, I threw a journal and I broke a journal. I think that the high plot points are that we waited an hour and a half for Indian food. We ordered Indian food and took an hour and a half to pick it up. So that was the tension starter that you were the one who was waiting inside the restaurant to pick it up and it was like it took for fucking ever and so you came out really frustrated which which is like funny as a as a context point too because there's I think some people and part of me goes, yeah, of course you'd be really high strung after that. And then there's another part of me that's like, what does that have to do with anything when you're right. talking about your relationship with your wife? Like, why why are you so jacked up about the fact that this tiny Indian place like didn't get your food on time? Right. And so that happened. You were tightly wound. We <laughs> Listen to Monday morning quarterback me be like, what an idiot that guy is. I've changed. I'm different. I'm just going to give the plot points quickly because I also don't want this whole conversation to be about that. You were upset. We started eating Indian food. I spilled a glass of water everywhere. Beer. I spilled beer everywhere, yeah. You were really pissed off. I was really defensive. We very clearly, I don't think without, I think without having too much conversation, we very clearly realized we were at opposing ends. I went upstairs. You watched some of the football game. I came back downstairs. We tried to have a conversation and then very quickly realized that you were waiting for me to apologize for being messy consistently, and I was waiting for you to apologize for what I believed was like a wildly inappropriate display of anger. Mm-hmm. That made you angrier. You threw my new no- notebook. No. Oh. You spilled beer on the couch. I uh, said, don't look over here. Started to mop it up with a blanket. I said no in response to the beer, then said no again in response to cleaning it up with the blanket, and then just kept saying no, 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 because I was like, why are we doing this again? Through the notebook. I threw a notebook into the fireplace across gotcha. the room. Then you came back down after a period of cooling off, 
And again, like you said, we each were expecting an apology from the other. Mm-hmm. And then like we broke down on the conversation. In From my point of view, I threw up a bunch of flags of saying, physiologically, I can't have this conversation. I'm like about to blow a gasket. I'm freaking out. And I felt, I felt backed into a corner because uh, there was no space to have that space. And so then the next day we were like, you very rightly said, on what planet is it okay to throw something when you're mad? And how how do we move forward? How are there better strategies than we got to stop talking or I'm going to freak out? And, and my counterpoint to that was like, yes, definitely not okay to throw things. And time and space like is a decent strategy, you know? So like, let's not totally discount that when I raise a hand and say, I am freaking out. I need a, I need a second. But like, I also agreed to say like, I'll explore a bunch of other strategies. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mean to like steal the mic from you, but I do think that it's important that like the throwing a notebook thing was in the heat of the moment of like, holy shit, all this stuff is happening. It wasn't like we were having a conversation and I was like, you know what, let's ratchet this up again. Well, yeah, but I mean, most acts of aggression are in the heat of a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think when we talked about it, it was, we got to like a baseline level of we can move forward with our day now you know Mm -hmm. but i don't think we really fully dug into the into the anger thing or anything you know no i mean do you want to talk about that tonight because we don't have to yeah i'm good to postpone it let's just throw that one under the rug for as long as we can i was gonna gonna say not until we die because we won't make it (laughs) until we die let's as long as as long as we can yeah yeah because i sure don't want to talk about it okay cool cool that sounds good nice just kicking that can way down the road i can't wait for this conversation to get brought up in a court proceeding <laughs> my real quick hi oh it, yeah um especially if we're skipping a week is just i, I want to put more thought into this as a response but but getting um just feedback from people uh about us talking about sex and our difficulties with it i got some uh, you i mean obviously you got a lot more outreach than I did because we can talk all about why, but like just dudes reaching out and being like, I listened to this with my wife or I listened to this with my girlfriend talking through a burp and uh, we have the same stuff, you know, and no one having any of the answers, but just realizing that it does exist outside of you, you know, like it's not necessarily, the question isn't necessarily what's wrong with me, you know? Yeah. It's like, what's wrong with us? Yeah. And like us meaning uh, not necessarily us as a couple, but like us meaning men. Or, like, what's wrong with us, meaning um, women, in terms of, like, how a masculine-centric culture has set expectations for women in the wrong way, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's just, it's it's been really, really interesting. And it's, I don't know, it's weird. Like, I think I could have gotten more and probably more detailed validation for that feeling just from Googling stuff. But having people, having just, like, a handful of people proactively reach out and be like, me too. It was, um, it was profound, you know? Yeah, it's something that we talked about sort of briefly in the actual conversation that we had after you slept in the other room, but I was kind of pushing for us to consider that we should think of this, like you usually think of this as like, okay, well, the first bubble that this is in is personal, and then the cultural footprints and the global footprints and the, you know, socio-political footprints, those are all secondary and or tertiary or whatever in terms of the conversations that we have where like we'll say in terms of our sex life and and why it's happening and what's causing it and i think we have we have often i think that you and i have often butted heads because the argument has been like i don't know why you're not attracted to me and i have been struggling and failing to find the words to explain why 
it's not about you or why it's not about me. And I think that that's a really hard thing to prove because it's the most personal thing in the world. But I think that the impact of having so many people say this is verbatim, the conversation I've had with my partner, then you can be like, oh, no, the primary thing that's happening here is cultural. The primary thing that's happening is sociopolitical. That's the primary thing. The tangential thing that it's affecting is our relationship. So like the center, like hot magma of what's happening here has nothing to do with our specific relationship and everything to do with how we were raised and what we've been taught to think and how we've been taught to feel. And starting with that as the foundation, as opposed to that being the tangential thing, like flipping those two things um, and their importance I think makes it much easier to have a conversation because you're taking all those awful feelings out of like shame and responsibility and guilt and you're actually having a conversation as two people seeking out more information as opposed to two people trying to figure out why they're fucked up. That's exactly right. I think not that I get to say whether you're right or not, but I think it's right. I think it's right. In the sense that the same way you and I treat our relationship, we talked very early on about treating it as like the third person in the room, the third party, right? Mm-hmm. Um rather than thinking about it as you and me and taking everything so personally. Do you remember when we, when we used to say that? Mm-hmm. Well, it was my friend who encouraged us to think of it as like a plant that you both water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think we took that and we, and we ran with it a little bit. And I this is bringing me back to the, the truth of that, you know, because mm-hmm. I think it that works for good things in the sense that it allows us to both like contribute to a project because it's not about us. It's about the third thing. Um, and it works for, in quotes, bad things or things we need to work on like this because it removes that shame mm-hmm. in some way. Um, and I've really felt that in a, in a positive way. I think the thing that would worry me is thinking about it as a cultural thing or thinking about it as something that's outside of us would maybe take the, would maybe take the bite of the shame off or take the edge of the shame off, but would maybe also remove some of the impetus to um, fix it, at least for me. Like I, w- I would look at that problem and just go, damn everybody's dealing with the same thing so i guess we'll just give up but then it makes me much more motivated to want to try things hey oh well that's good and i I was gonna say i don't feel that way necessarily i I don't i don't feel um whatever hopeless or whatever for sure because i think having people suggest books and suggest like things to do then that's a really easy way to just say, sure, I'll read that book and I'll dive right in. So Yeah, I was going to say, now we're two weeks departed from that conversation. How has the last two weeks been for you in that realm? Have you felt our sex change? We don't have to get into specifics. And two, the, the, the action steps we set for ourselves at the end of that were, let's see if we can find a sex therapist. So one, I think we should both talk about and be honest about like how much we've done, because I don't think either of us have done that much. Um, and I'm not trying to do that as like a blame thing, but I think that's important to point out that like, anyways, I'm not going to explain that and then have us talk about it. I, I want us to talk about that. And then mm-hmm. I think it would be great for us to talk about like, okay, what are the action steps we're going to hold ourselves to today moving forward? Yeah. So, I mean, I have not looked up anyone. (laughs) I haven't found a sex therapist. I haven't bought a single book. I haven't done anything. Now it's going to be fun for me to say I have found someone. Go right ahead. No, you keep going though, because I want want to know we have had sex. (laughs) Big reveal. (laughs) We have had sex. Thanks, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Thanks. Consider it solved. Um, No. So, um, but I... Do you see what I'm trying to get at here? Like, have you felt any meaningful change? I think we're done. <laughs> Should I just say what I feel? Because I feel like I'm asking you leading questions and I don't want to well, be. I don't know. I mean, I think candidly, I think 
like the two week analysis without having really followed up on you know any of the action steps like my honest response is is, is no but not to say that i'm continually unhappy because that was never really the point of the conversation you know it was more like yeah. on a macro level uh here's this thing that i'm feeling so i guess i have felt progress from what i've already said in the sense that having a better perspective or a better lens on what's happening i can then apply that retrospectively and say what I was feeling was inaccurate or like it's helped me understand the way that you've explained the past better. But do, do I think that we've like drastically changed our sex life and like the couple times that we've had sex since then? No, not really. I just had such a depressing realization. What? So I realized that my standard for good sex is so low that I was just about to say, I totally disagree with you. I think we've had great sex the past few weeks that makes me so glad and i but i I do i do love our sex life but i'm realizing that it's not that i think our sex life is perfect because i could say it a thousand ways we've talked about it like there are so many things that we need to get better at but my standard is so low because i don't this is like so so much about this is a crazy (laughs) backhanded compliment (laughs) no but i I hope this is not a personal thing this is like the example of like the Uh everything shaping it my basic standard for sex is like i had a good enough time (coughs) i didn't hate it and bonus if i orgasm like that was great and i do usually orgasm with you so but but i'm just saying like my standard is like that was fine i did that and it's like oh cool like now we're both in good moods it's like i made him happy i didn't have a decline of happiness Mm -hmm. and that is so female that's so fucking female to be like, we've had great sex this week, meaning we've had sex this week. Yeah. Like, did I have great sex this week? Probably. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not I, trying to be, I'm like, no, just I, like, wow. I do. I think number one, uh, you and I are in agreement. It's, I think we're both kind of saying like, <laughs> we did that. You and I are both like, mm, check. And number two, I think it's a great insight, right? That like you have different standards I guess and I don't I mean I don't even know that it's fair to say that you have different standards because that implies that I have some form of elevated standards no, for how good sex your is. standards are can be much easier met much more easily met yeah because you don't you don't usually experience pain when you have sex yeah. almost ever right and you always climax yeah so like right yeah so I guess I guess I have a uh, an easier threshold mm-hmm. so to speak so wasn't a good week for sex I just realized <laughs> <laughs> it was fine our future therapist is like well good start i guess <laughs> good place to start oh my high this week was watching you almost poop yourself on oh. the highway <laughs> do you want to tell that story oh okay i said that assuming that you were gonna be like thanks we'll cut that out well you already said it so whatever i think we've told a story about me almost pooping myself in the car. Remember at LAX when I dropped you off and then I had to have you get in the car and drive another lap while I was dropping you off for your flight. I had to have you drive a lap around LAX while I ran inside and found a bathroom. Do shit in. And then and then I had to tell all my coworkers um, You were sweating. Like full beads of sweat. Oh, I looked in the mirror and my face was gray. <laughs> it was like it, it freaked me out. I almost grabbed a paramedic at the airport. Yeah, so basically same story minus LAX today. <laughs> we, I, I went to PT and we, I get back in and Caroline's whole iced coffee is gone. <laughs> and you just go, hey, let's go. I was like, what? Did I do something wrong? 
And I thought that you had to pee. I had full body goosebumps for like 10 miles. Yeah. And so I, I was trying to scare you because sometimes if I really have to pee, that makes me not have to pee anymore. And you looked at me like, stop it. I almost just shit myself. <laughs> Oh my god, it oh. was so scary. And then at a light on the highway, Caroline's in the far right lane <laughs> and is looking around, looking, 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 and I go, Hey, if we take it right here, you can probably go to that Walmart. You don't even say anything. And you just <laughs> turn your left blinker on. And the light goes green, everyone's honking. Actually, people were pretty cool. No one was honking. And uh yeah, you just beelined across like five lanes of traffic to get to some <laughs> poor gas station that will never be the same. Okay, I'm not going to give any details, but here's what I will say. <laughs> I left a bathroom and then went back into another bathroom. Yeah. So. By the way, everyone who just listened to that jump from topic A to topic B just went, that's why. <laughs> that's why your sex life is fucked up. No, you cannot be married and not talk about poop. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. I think. However, you and Unless I have, you have a maid and you we and can't I, afford uh, have a somewhat receding but line yeah, the, on that. Oh, the, Riley I have one rule and you are increasingly breaking it about not farting in front of that's each other that's all I ask like I am such a chill person all I ask is for you not to fart in front of me yeah no I, I try to I go into another room no you know that's not the same I don't want it I'm serious it's like the, my one line between us I I too uh, want that line to exist um, so just hold it and take how many years off my life? <laughs> I'm done with that argument. I'm I'm not even gonna joke about it. Actually, I no, don't want you to here's fart a real in front thing. of me. Here's a real thing. Not just and take how many years off my life. Hold it. And then I'm when I'm in another environment, a professional one perchance, and something happens, and then my and our progress is waylaid. What are you talking about? Because of errant flatulence that couldn't be controlled because it wasn't released in the safe comfort of our home. Okay, it's going to affect our sex life. That's a promise. Okay. And it's even a threat. Wow. Yeah. I it's cannot a real wait. Life ultimatum. Genuine genuine comment. I cannot wait to talk to a sex therapist to and I'm sure there won't be like hard and fast rules or anything. I'm sure it'll be something along the lines of like, well, you got to get in touch with what you want and then we're going to figure that out. <laughs> but just to have someone do um like a breakdown of language and be like is saying that's a threat when it <laughs> pertains to sex is that complicated like what are the complications there you know what know. are the complications of you farting in front of me yeah sure wow we would talk the ears off of a therapist mm -hmm. I can see you and I looking forward to therapy in a way that we're not supposed to <laughs> okay what were we just talking about I am ask. I was asking you how our sex life was. You yeah, fine did not is the answer. <laughs> didn't answer that, and then I was saying, what action steps have you taken? What action steps do you want to take? Yeah. Um. So yeah, like I said, haven't done a thing. Oh, we've also um, been treating our bodies like dumpsters by a Wendy's. If you couldn't we tell by the panic diarrhea story. <laughs> Someone's like, oh, have you? Have you not? I. We are not. We are. We both breathe heavily when we like walk on flat land. You know, it's funny. I've actually noticed that in podcast conversations lately. That we're breathing more heavily. I, no, I've had to um, put in a, a noise gate, a floor on some of our conversations. Because we have because, such mouth breathing. Because uh, when the other one's talking, one person's just going. <laughs> 
or in between sentences and that's the hard one to cut out like i'll finish a thought and then <gasps> get into my next thought <laughs> it's like it's like <sighs> medically concerning it's really concerning and I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think there is some credence to when you say, like, well, I just wish that we could stay in one place and, like, buy groceries and, like, eat vegetables. <laughs> I, I totally think that that's true. And then there's another part of me that's like, we just need to grow the fuck up. Yeah. And, like, have a little bit of grit when we get to new places. That. Yeah. No, to be honest, um, have not done anything. Tell me about the, tell me about anything you've done. Yeah, I found this chick. I'm not going to say her name because we have to reach out to her. And... She's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all. TBD on that. Wow. Yeah. But I did reach out to her. I cannot wait to find out that she's not even a sex therapist <laughs> and you just thought she was hot or something. She's a veterinarian. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, she's a plumber. Same general concept. What are your... I don't know. I don't have any questions to ask you. What? So okay. it's really weird talking about sex right now because at this exact moment in time, I feel so far removed from even the idea of sexual arousal that it's like you know what's funny. Do I you gotta, feel the same way? I feel the same exact way. I got to be honest, uh, which is saying something for me. <laughs> yeah, it is saying something for you. But when we were packing up the house, uh, our little like pile of sex things. Yeah. I uh, really a sex positive pile of things. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like coconut oil and a jackhammer <laughs> <laughs> and a guinea pig. It's like a Bible and a ham and cheese. <laughs> um, We're both just thinking of different things. Like yeah. <laughs> okay, just move forward. Move forward. It's a full snorkel set. Move forward, move forward. Riley, just move forward. I'm watching you just... It's one of those big orange uh, life jackets from the 60s. Nice. Yeah. Um, no, I so I, I look at our uh, little pile, our little uh, kink stash, and I look at our little pile of stuff, and I was like about to put it in the go bag to bring to your parents, and I was just like, fuck it, and just put it in a basement <laughs> box. I was just like, I'll see you in like a week and a half. Yeah, like from our from our nutrition, the way we've been feeding ourselves, which then impacts how we feel about our bodies, uh-huh. to how just just stunningly chaotic and wide open our life is right now. Mm-hmm. Like we have so many things that we're waiting on. Yeah, like we have a lot of balls up in the air. In the in the vein of um, like when I talk about this being a record for our future selves to look back on, I want the record to show that your mom looked at me the other day and just went, "You like having, you like having a lot of things going on at once, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> I just went, "Yep." Trying to figure out how much is too much. <laughs> like, this much is too much. This much is too much. Yeah. So now we're back living with my parents. Cats are back in the childhood bedroom. And you want to talk about poop and sex? Yeah. What do you think is going on up there right now? <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, it's 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 almost hard for me to talk about this right now because I'm just like, the idea of sex is as foreign to me right now as it was when I was six years old. Frankly, I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay, good. Man. This, okay. Also, you want to talk about kind of feeling when you're in the middle of an historic moment or an historic shift? Mm-hmm. This is where we're gonna look back on it and be like. Yeah, that's when the light went out. <laughs> no, <laughs> no light. It's a joke. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this, though. In looking for a sex therapist, 
besides the criteria of she looks like a chill girl, how are you actually looking for a therapist? I have a better question. That's a great question of how you find someone to advise you on your sex life. Okay, ask your better question. Because, you know what, like, I could try to convince you to answer my question, but, like, do I... No. Okay. What if you could think of, like, one thing that you want to see improved about our sex life over the next year, what would it be? Mm. And it has to be, like, a word or a phrase. And you can go abstract with it, or you can go literal. I'm sorry, did you just tell me that it could be (laughs) anything? I'm like, vaginas, I'm gay, I'm leaving you. (laughs) That's funny. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Is it still the right terminology to say you're gay or do you say queer? You can definitely say gay. Okay. What do you think the G in LGBTQ is? Gay. Thanks. <laughs> How do you think they decided on order? Oh, I bet that that's actually still a topic of... Yeah. Let's just stop right here while we're <laughs> <laughs> while we're massively behind. I so by the way, when we go for our anniversary trip, I would, we're going to Maine. Yeah, but when we go on that trip, I would love for us to talk about in the car what we want to do. You know, and I think it might just be sitting down. Anal. And, yeah, no, but I, I mean, more broadly, as you talk about year-long goals, because I do think that actually we had some kind of conversations about what are your hopes and fears. I don't know if it was like about the first year of marriage. But I know that we did some kind of future-facing like projection. Okay, you're not answering my question. I have an answer to my question. I oh my god. Okay, like we're gonna get into your, <laughs> we're gonna get into all of that in a second. What I'm uh, what I'm just saying before we forget about it is that your question is making me think that when we go on our anniversary trip, I would like to do some full year reflection and some full year projection. We've already stuff. agreed to do that. Okay. Tell me about whatever you're going to force into our bed. (laughs) Tell me about whatever horse you've tranked out back (laughs) that I'm going to have to put on a glove that goes to the shoulder for. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, 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 okay. What I... I'm going to be serious. Fuck you. So, what I... Good luck. I can see whatever uh, giggle chemical gets released in your bloodstream just coursing through the whites of your eyes right now. Okay. What I would want for this year is to start creating or manifesting situations where I... I'm sexually aroused before we start um, engaging in sex. I love that. Like both on my own and with you. I love like that. figuring out what that means. Like is that about me thinking about different things? Is it about me like figuring out what's sensual to me or, or what it is? But like finding a way where it's not that we like have to start making out and then I have to get into sex. It's like prior to our bodies touching or whatever you want to say it. I'm already looking forward to it. Which, frankly, doesn't happen often. Yeah. Clocking that one loud and clear. I like yeah. that. I I love that when we're talking about, like, our one-word goals for our sex life, yours is just arousal. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to be aroused before we have sex. <laughs> um, What's yours? Spontaneity. Ooh. And I think it's... 
connected to your I, I know there's like an obvious joke there surprise okay no um i'm gonna scare you so hard i know you probably have so many videos of me nearly shitting my pants i am amassing a high volume of them it's such a terrible uh bit it's my favorite thing to do to you it just like you were you always throw something you always throw something what was that principle by the way Hmm? the um destroy thing not fight or flight but destroy it's a book i'm reading about racialized trauma and about how white people, black people, law enforcement officers all um, have trauma in their bodies and it causes you to behave. Like genetically. Yes. It's it, I, it's called like destroy or something and it's one of the impulses in addition to fight or flight and it's when you feel so threatened that you, you don't just lash out to hit someone, like you'll break their neck and it doesn't happen consciously. Like not, yeah, like not a controlled... Which, often, which explains, which this author explains accounts for a lot of police violence is that they already have racialized trauma of of assuming black people are a certain thing which is why they'll like shoot a black person i'm not and this isn't i'm not saying this is you know the whole thing but it's an argument that like black people have racialized trauma of fearing police officers and therefore like if they run that's an instinct and police officers have absorbed so much racist information Mm -hmm. that they have quote-unquote racialized trauma of assuming that black people are a certain thing and then therefore killing them when they're often totally unarmed i think whether or not it's projected to the extent of racialized trauma or specifically those examples of police officers or black people yeah that's just a lizard response it can be for a lot of other things too the like the principle i think is is really really fascinating what's the author's background the the author is a black man i don't know his name off the top of my head he has extensive experience with therapy and with sociology and it's a new york times best-selling book it's incredible i love it it's called my grandmother's hands um and i think it's like racialized trauma and our pathway to healing which is a um Reference to a Bill Withers song, by the way. My Grandmother's Hands? Grandma, Grandma's Hands, yeah. Oh. It's a great song. Well, it's a, I think it's a common reference because her hands were calloused from cotton picking. So I think that that's something that you see frequently in black art, his hands. So it's maybe not just a Bill Withers song? Right. Gotcha. Didn't know how to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did a pretty <laughs> You're good like, job. Did you know that that's a Miley Cyrus song? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's related. Pretty hard to swing this shit back around <laughs> to our sex life. But let me try. Let me just yank on the wheel Tacking! here. That's us turning our boat. I know. Watch the boom. I knew you were going to say some <laughs> stupid sailor thing. Just because you don't know how to tack. Oh my god, I fucking... What just happened? Ugh. Are you... Uh, what just happened? I, I don't know why. I feel like uh, I'm being forced to do this. <laughs> What just happened? Caroline just yanked five hairs out of my leg. That's right. By the way, I had um, I have bald patches on my legs from this exact thing. Like Caroline, you don't. Yeah, I do. I have a bald patch right here on my thigh. And today in therapy, uh, the guy was like working on my knee and PT, th- not therapy, physical therapy. Sure, physical therapy. Well, uh, that's relevant. So you're not thinking that so you're in therapy with a therapist. Okay, and if I was, it would be fine. I know. I'm just saying if your therapist is rubbing your knee, that would be confusing. <laughs> That's a really good point. So spontaneity, which I think is connected to 
your goal of arousal, obviously, because there's really no point in the idea of spontaneity if you're like, fine, whatever, let's just do this. You know, like the idea of spontaneity is that you and I are both, frankly, overcome by passion and want to like stop whatever we're doing and don't even want to take the time to you know, go upstairs and set up shop the normal way. We have to be starting from a different baseline than we have right now. Yeah, totally. And so I think there's like, and then there's a bunch of really interesting things that unfurl on either side for each of us from spontaneity of what you've already voiced about thinking about arousal and thinking about what turns you on and like digging into that. And I think communicating that to me too, you know, so that I can pick up on the signs or be like, I'll keep an eye out when we're playing trios or like, um, and then on, uh, you like somehow get trained so that when you see me watching YouTube videos of guinea pigs, you're like, it's going down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's just, about to get so aroused. I'm just like undressing and like fully lubing up head to toe. <laughs> you're like, what are you? Um, um, but just really quickly, like the, and then the other thing on my side is listening to that and then trying to create those conditions, you know? as frequently as possible yeah one of the so we got a lot of great recommendations from people and i'm gonna share that i guess i'll share that in the episode notes and also on my instagram but one thing that my friend mary said she was recommending that when we look for a therapist or a sex a sex therapist we should make sure that they have a background in cognitive behavioral therapy which is super fascinating and it's basically like the the practice of rewiring your brain so that you you have different shortcuts and different instincts and all of that and i think that that's something that we should definitely look into because i have i know that i certainly have established a lot of shortcuts i mean well before i even met you that are going to make this hard for me to unlearn and starting with that as like a a base assumption that not only do i have to change my own habits but that i have to be looking into all of the ways in which my brain is currently wired for me not to focus on my own pleasure or not to listen to myself and i would i'm really interested in learning more about that because i think that that's that'll provide really useful information for our sex life yeah but also just for our lives in general like for my writing life and for all these things of like like I, i think i've talked about how i'm reading that book atomic habits which is really incredible james clear right i think so and that's i mean that's an incredible book but just the idea of like how wildly you can change your life with specific targeted behavioral change but that if you don't start at the root your behavior doesn't change like you have to understand like you have to first acknowledge where your brains are current where your brain is currently circuiting i don't know if that's right you know what i'm saying like like where the shortcuts currently are you have to understand the roadmap in order to be able to change it otherwise you're never going to know like where you need to build a bridge yeah and i was going to say the same thing um about being excited about kind of extrapolating from whatever we learn from a from the perspective of sex to the rest of my life there was a really good episode i think of this american life i'll try to find it but they talk about applying cognitive behavioral therapy to trauma therapy mm. and they oh i i listened to that too yeah don't you about remember that? Uh, we... the sexual assault survivor exactly and there's yep. like a worksheet or something yep. and they fill it out every day for 30 days or something and the whole process is supposed to be changing your relationship to your trauma yeah and the pathways that you formed in your head specific to you know routes that you walk and all this different stuff Mm -hmm. and i remember the time they described it as controversial and they described it as you know incredibly challenging and 
um, but rewarding, you know. And I, mm. and I was wondering, I was, I was like, where the fuck have I heard about something like this before? And that's exactly where it was. Well, and I think I feel comfortable in saying that the way that women and men have been taught to engage in sex is a form of trauma. It's something that all of us, I would say most of us are living with and are on different uh, phases of that journey if that's what you'd want to call it like yeah there are a lot of people who have started to figure this out or are more sex positive or whatever but like you'd be hard pressed to find someone who hasn't been deeply deeply um trained and have has had their sexuality defined by like the heteronormative culture that we live in well I and want, that is oh, a sorry. form of trauma that leads to male your relationship relationship with your masculinity which could also filter over to like anger and all of those things and my relationship to who I am as a woman and like where I stand in my power and all of those things. The point I'm about to make, I think is like by definition semantics, but I wonder if what we're describing with sex is a cousin of trauma. It's not a type of trauma. You know, it's like it shares the same roots of trauma in the sense that it is something that is passed on, something that comes from the past, something that can be physiological, something that is mental, something that is emotional. So why isn't it trauma? Uh, in the sense that, like, some people might argue, and I'm not doing the hedging against uh, getting canceled thing. I'm genuinely trying to, like, think through the actual etymology. I think with trauma, um, you might be able to fence that in a little bit more and say that is a lasting effect of an acute and negative experience, right? Rather than just, like, I, I don't know. I see, I see the... Um, the tale, the like the timeline of yeah, but sex communities history. can carry trauma from from events that they personally haven't experienced. Yeah, I, I guess all I'm all I'm pushing on is like I see it as a, like a Venn diagram that almost looks like a circle, but it's still a Venn diagram. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I respect that, but I disagree. I and I think that that's also the more I'm learning about trauma and how it lives in the body and how it doesn't actually, it's, it's, it, it's brain, it's secondary in the brain and it is primarily in the body, the way that we experience trauma. My relationship to sex and the ways that I'm slowly unpacking it feel like one of the more substantial things in my life in terms of the ways in which I have been impacted by the world, the ways in which I am realizing how much of my life has been programmed without my being aware of it, all those things. It's one of the biggest things that that could happen to me is my role as a woman. I think that moral relativity is a game that people can play with trauma that doesn't actually have an end goal. Like, of course, I didn't live through the Holocaust. Of course, I don't know the trauma of being a black person in America. But trauma doesn't have to be compared for it all to be trauma. There are different types of trauma. There is, there's, there's, um, trauma retention is a phrase that uh, they talk about in this book, My Grandmother's Hands. And it's really fascinating. And it's basically the argument, kind of similar to epigenetics, that if enough people experience a certain type of trauma, then they start to ingrain it and they forget about the incident itself. And then they start to do it again and again. And people no longer associate the behavior with the trauma and it just becomes culture. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you have all of these people behaving in a certain way and it becomes a culturally shared behavior. And you often forget to tie it back to the trauma and then you, other people start to judge them for it. I mean, damn, if that doesn't sound like a lot of the things that we talk about with sex which is like no one talking about sex. And I, and I think too, there's an impulse to be like, well, what are we complaining about? It's just bad sex. And it's like, no, this is at like the root of everything. This is at the root of like 
equity and men not thinking that women deserve to have reproductive rights and all of these things. And I think it's very easy to be like, well, those are really hardcore Republicans. And it's like, no, these are this is all what we've been trained under. We've all been trained to believe that abstinence is the best form of education. We've all been trained to believe that. Samantha from Sex and the City is a ridiculous hyperbolic character. Like all of these things that make it, and like all of my more progressive friends, even it's only now that we're just starting to talk about this. And we've been given every opportunity to talk about it, and we're still barely able to talk about it. I think so that to me is, you know. Yeah, no, I I, I buy that argument. I, I a couple things. A couple things. I think one is I wasn't necessarily judging that argument about trauma to say don't you dare compare that to you know Holocaust survivors or whatever. It was more about how we understand trauma as having bounds around it, right? And and your argument about community trauma starts to help me wrap my head around that, you know. But I think the word itself is more often than not like if not its dictionary definition its cultural definition kind of has a tie to something to an event you know rather than a dynamic or rather than like a an historical trend but i i agree i agree with your argument i like your argument i i think it makes total sense the thing about this related to equity and this related to reproductive rights and all of that stuff and about again the time scale that we're talking about in the sense that so many people who are in some ways on the right side of history only got over there you know, in the last five years, 10 years, whatever, mm. you know, a lot of them, you mm. know, and in some ways you, we might find, we might be able to realize that our differing opinions on that stuff is just different strategies to cope with and react to the same source trauma. I think you're definitely onto something in, in terms of digging into that. What did you learn this week? You nincompoop. To back up my goddamn files into the cloud. Such a bummer. Yeah, it really sucks. Um, what did I learn about? how to stay in love if you have something go ahead what i learned this week was that this project is like assuredly not a waste of time which matters because it affects our marriage like we you and i have both had often at the same time often at differing times um a lot of doubt about whether this is worth it like whether we're actually gaining from it like are we actually is it worth it for us to have to listen to us go through like really fucking vulnerable and upsetting conversations and relive them and re-listen to them and i think that it is in the last week since we've shared that sex conversation not only have we had a lot of people affirming our feelings but we've been given information and that's really cool that like there is no other scenario in which you and i would have called all of our friends and been like hey so right now riley and i are both crying on the couch because (laughs) he pulled out and then i didn't want to keep going and now he slept in another room can we talk about it so anyways it was this week was like a really affirming thing of oh yeah this is this is really really helping our lives and like this project is helping our marriage and that's really fucking cool and it's a lot of work and it's not like we make money off of it and it's not like we really know what we're doing and so it's nice when you get that feeling of like oh we're doing the right thing like this feels like the right thing for us to be doing right now with each other good. so that was really that cool good mine's uh way more simple but i spilled i spilled i spilled red wine on the couch this week and um I think to your point, it was a really nice moment of, A, I was thankful to you for not fucking sticking it to me because we could have that relationship. We could have that dynamic between us and we don't. Um, so I was thankful for that. If it can be spilling on the couch, it can be anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think 
uh, in terms of like things that I assume or things that you think about me or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And that moment of perspective is going to help a lot in terms of our ongoing thing about who's type A and who's type B and, you know, how we best get shit done together. But I think that that is just a mental model that you can just exploit and start to point at bigger and bigger issues and just say, what am I missing here? Like I definitely have, I'm definitely making assumptions that my existing worldview is correct and mm. blowing that up and, and continuing to use that and continuing to strengthen that muscle is something I want to keep doing because every time I think that I have like become an enlightened being and I'm like, Oh, like I, I'm patient now or like, <laughs> Oh, Caroline and I trust each other now. I know how to please Caroline now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I find out that I'm wrong in a different way, you know, and yeah. thankfully in like a more, hopefully like sophisticated way. Like I think we're each time, you know, I think we're making and I'm making uh, and you're making, you know, more and more progress each time. But Plot twist. You find out that my finger pads aren't as suctiony as yours and that's why I spill things is because I have slippery finger pads. There's no way that you have slippery <laughs> finger pads. You have the stickiest hands of anyone I've ever met. You're like a toddler that was left to its own devices after its second birthday. In a syrup factory. Yeah, in a syrup factory. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. That's um, That was like a, holy shit, I should keep doing that. I should keep reminding myself of that. It's hotter than the widget cities in here. Check you later, hush puppy. Let's go. I think I love you 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 I think I love you